Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Schaap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Schaap. Basketball season is right around the corner. And so for this episode, I decided let's go talk to a basketball junkie, a guy that knows the game inside and out, and that is exactly what I did. Jimmy Dykes, one of ESPN's college basketball analysts. He was also a former basketball coach, both on the men's and the women's side of college basketball. He loves the game of golf and loves playing at Springdale Country Club in Arkansas. You're going to hear from Jimmy Dykes in this episode. I want to tell you about Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group. Matthew Allen, Blair Allen, they have a new brunch menu at Agassi 7 in downtown Little Rock on top of the Hilton Garden Inn. Call to make reservations and go see them or find one of their great properties on the web at bphotels.com. We're back with Jimmy Dykes after this. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. You all know by now I'm not a good golfer, but my son loves the game and he and I have been playing more. I've got my score down to, I've quit playing a scramble on every hole. I'm using the bunker rake much less than I used to, and a lot of the time I hit my drives past the women's tee box. All of my success in golf can directly be tied to me listening to From the Short Grass. Without it, I would not be the golfer I am today. Trey, you owe me 20 bucks for that. Trey knows golf, I know auctions. Come see us at blackmanauctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Heading to El Dorado to check out some live music or to play Mystic Creek? Stay at the Haywood, the only boutique hotel in the middle of downtown and the Murphy Arts District. If you are spending a weekend in Hot Springs, make plans now at the Marriott Courtyard close to Lake Hamilton and Oakwan. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group manages both of these fine properties and you will rest easy knowing that your every need is taken care of. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels on the web at bphotels.com. At Stevens, our philosophy is to invest every dollar as if it were our own. To seize opportunity. To anticipate rather than react. To deliver constant focus in an ever-changing world. And to pursue the objectives of our clients in order to help them reach their financial goals. A proven history of helping companies and individuals. Stevens, member NYSE SIPC. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. I am Trey Schapp. On the tee, Jimmy Dykes. Jimmy, thanks for joining me on From the Short Grass. Uh, you must be loving life. I mean, it's basketball season. That's your time of the year, isn't it? It, it is. But first of all, this episode should be called 
from the rough. <laughs> if you have me on, it shouldn't be in the short grass. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I love to play. I love to play golf. I live here on the golf course at Springdale Country Club, and I try to play a lot in the summer. But once that calendar trade turns to September, man, my mind goes into heavy, heavy preparation for the college basketball season because there's, you know, with a transfer portal and so many, so many teams changing rosters. Like it's a, we're almost starting over, brand new every year. Uh, but I, but I love this time of year because I love college football. I love preparing for the college basketball season. I like it when the weather starts to change a little bit. So it's it's a good time for me. It's a busy time, but that's th- those are all really good things in my life. Yeah, you th- you talk about basketball and everything, and, and the transfer portal, and and how that has changed basketball in general. Yep. From an analyst standpoint, how has it changed? Well, you so uh, you look at Arkansas's roster as a great example. They have what what one main guy, Devo Davis, back. You know, so you're you're completely learning a team all over again, and that that's that's uncommon. That's not the way it was three or four years ago. You had a you know you always had it's felt like seven or eight returning guys, nucleus, and there's a few teams out there like that. But man, there's so many key guys that have transferred that are going to become starters at top 20 teams right now. I've been going through the top 40 teams probably the last month, and it just seems like every one of them has a guy or two that they're counting on to not only be a starter but be a you know double-figure guy, maybe, maybe the guy that's transferring up a level or transferring you know within the conference, whatever. So it makes our early preparation, for me, and maybe there's a lot of guys out there smarter than me, but for me it makes my early preparation a lot, a lot more detailed. I have to put a lot more time into it, to be honest with you. How often do you and Carl Ravitch talk? Uh, I was going to say daily, but probably daily through text and once a week by phone. Uh, we've become really good friends. I hope that comes across on the air. I think that's a key, as you know, with the job that you do as well. It's so important that you like the guy that's sitting beside you. For the amount of hours that we're on the air together, and he and I have a really good relationship. You know, We're similar in a lot of ways. We are completely opposite <laughs> in a lot of ways. But I love watching him on, on Major League Baseball. That, that Sunday night deal this year, uh, miking up players, I thought, I thought it was phenomenal. And Carl has a creative sense about him and what works and what's not going to work. He's become a good friend of mine. He is a very good golfer, by the way. He's probably a scratch golfer. Really? Yeah, he is. He plays a lot. Does he take his clubs with him when he travels? Uh, not during basketball season. I think he does during baseball. Yeah, because uh, like, there's a little more time. Yes, and like he did the College World Series. He was in mm-hmm. uh, uh, Omaha for, what, 16 days? I think they played a lot of golf. They well, I mean, there's some pretty good courses yeah, up there, there to are. play. And that's I mean, what he's told me. And Kyle Peterson can get them on yes. a lot of those good yes. courses up there yeah. too, yeah. right? You, you know the connection already. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's a good course up there, Omaha Country Club. I played okay. it twice. Okay. And it is, it's phenomenal. Wow. Phenomenal golf course. I All think right. it's hosted uh, U.S. Senior Open. Has it really? I believe yeah, so. I mean, that's a nice one then. So maybe next time you talk to him, ask him if he's played it. And if okay. he hasn't, say next year yeah, you've got to get on it, Omaha Country Club. Get me on too. I'll drive up and do it with you. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How often do you get to play? Uh, well, living here on the Country Club, um, I probably only play maybe one full 18 rounds a week mm-hmm. during the summer. But uh, Trey, I, 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 a lot of times my wife, she'll say dinner will be ready in 45 minutes. And I can get out there, and, and there's, a, there's, there's three holes right behind my house that I can just kind of play in a row when there's no one out there. Mm-hmm. So I can play nine holes, just three holes three times in 45 minutes pretty easily. I, I do that quite a lot in the evening. Uh, I just like, like everybody, I just like getting out there and, and hitting the ball and unplugging. And, uh, but once, once is it from, from September 
until the final four. I'm, I'm not sure where my golf clubs are right now. They're somewhere in my garage. I'm not sure where. And all the guys at the club know, don't call Dykes. He's out. <laughs> for, the, for those seven months, he's out. <laughs> when did you first pick up the game? Well, I was probably like everybody, like sporadically when I was coaching in college there with Coach Sutton for all those years. And then when I was first getting started with ESPN, I played maybe five or six times a summer. Not much. I was not a golfer. I was not a golfer. Played some with Joe Klein at uh, down there at PV in Little Rock in the summer. We just, we just had fun and tried to hit as hard as we could. But when we moved over here to the Springdale Country Club now t- 10 years ago, I was, I was a little older, but uh, I, that's when I tried to really start to get, get, a, get a little serious about the game and, and competitive and try to improve. And uh, So I love it. I love that part of it. I love trying to figure out what's, what's wrong with my swing. And like everybody else, you know, it's, it's, it's a constant daily grind. But in my off season, I, I need something that keeps my attention and gives me a goal to work, work towards. And I, golf is my outlet. I was going to ask, being a coach, do you think that when you're – teaching and trying to get players to do something that you want them to do that yeah. when you are a golfer that you're trying to tinker with your game a little bit kind of like you're trying to mold your team yeah, some, right? yeah yes you are and I don't know near enough about the game to, to coach myself so I I really I watch a lot of it it's interesting I I can sit in our, on our back porch and and watch guys come right behind our house on 16 and I've really learned a lot watching different guys swings you know I I can I got a pretty good sense now of, of uh, who's compressing the ball and what that swing's supposed to look like and guys that are picking it off the grass like I do sometimes still. But just really having that, that visual image of a few guys around here that I think have a really good swing, when I get over the ball, I'm thinking just emulate what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, emulate what they do. You're, you're, not, you're not swinging with your arms. You're not leaning back. You're, you're coming through. You're getting through the ball. So that's really helped me. I'm not a great golfer on my best day here at our country club. I can shoot. I don't know, 76 to 78, somewhere in there. And you're breaking 80. That's good. But I could shoot 80 or 84 pretty quick as well, <laughs> but I, I, I still love the game. You and Joe Klein, when you guys play, who drives oh the golf cart? Oh, my gosh. How long is this podcast? So this is a great story. I had him up this year to play in the member guest with me, uh, and it was, uh, I guess it's a two-man scramble. Yeah. And uh, first day, first hole, we birdie the hole. High five as we're walking back to the cart. Great start. Get in the cart. Uh, get ready to push the gas pedal down. Joe gets in, and when he sits, the back tire goes, bam. <laughs> the, the black back tire blows out as he sits in the cart. And he goes, he looked back at it and said, this is not a good start. So that, that back tire tray was blown, like blown. Oh. I, I, I think I, I ran over something on the bridge getting to the green, uh, but I'm not ever going to tell Joe that. I'm blaming it on his big butt sitting in my golf cart and the tire exploding. <laughs> so we had to hold up the whole member guests as they brought us another cart and uh, got my wheel fixed the next day. But, yeah, I, I drive, and uh, I, we're probably not shooting 76 or 78 if we play against each other because there's just way too much way too much stuff going on. Yeah, ribbing. Yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of times when we get done, we'll turn around and look back up the fairway and count our strokes, and I'll say, I had an 8 and you had a 9. I win. And we move on. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how high the score is that day. It, who won? If it's the member guest and, and a tire gets blown out when Joe sits in a cart, <laughs> that gets around pretty quick, right? Yes, it did. And it's going to really get around now since we're on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but they, they had a cart to us in about six or seven minutes. And we didn't let anybody play through. We, we held our ground and 
thankfully there's a par three coming up afterwards that they're stacked up initially on the first hole is stacked up uh but we had a blast i we didn't want anything in our flight but he's been a great friend of mine since we played college basketball together and man i followed him around when i was single and he was playing in the nba i went to watch him play in boston chicago phoenix los angeles uh that was my guy we're in e- we're in each other's weddings and He's been a, a, a lifelong friend of mine. As mm-hmm. you guys know, there's not, a, there's not a better person around than Big Joe. No doubt. I saw uh, his shrine, I called it, at Pleasant Valley Country Club. Okay. And uh, I sent him a text, and I said, this is the first time I've noticed a shrine to you in Pleasant Valley Country Club. Really? He said, uh, just uh, keep the line moving, sir. You know, don't stand <laughs> and stare at it too long. Is all all of his basketball stuff? Yeah, he's got his jersey up there. Really? A picture of him with the gold medal and a couple of other pictures of him when he was playing for the Razorbacks, oh, the Celtics. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Yeah, one of, my, one of my favorite memories of when Joe was in the NBA, I was living, uh, I was single at the time, living in their house in Little Rock in the offseason, mm-hmm. house-sitting for the Kleins. Tough job, but somebody's yeah, got to do it. It's a tough job. Uh, it wasn't too far from PV. It was a really nice house. But I flew up at the end of the season. Joe and I was going to drive his vehicle home from Boston to Little Rock. Dana and I think maybe Daniel was born at the time. They were going to fly home. So it's going to take us about two days. And at the beginning of the second day's drive, I was asleep. And Joe nudged me and said, hey, look at that sign. And the, the sign on the side of the road said French Lick, seven miles. He's like, yep, we're going to spend the night with Larry Bird. I could oh not believe it. I, just, I could not believe it. Like, I, that was my idol. That was my idol. I mean, he was as big as it was in the game at the time. And we spent uh, a day, a night, and another day playing golf and spent the night in Larry's house. And that was not very many people get to do that. No. They don't. And the amazing thing about that story, Trey, is uh, that was in June because the NBA playoffs were going on. Uh, and we were sitting there actually watching the finals that night. The commercial popped up, if you remember, Bird and Jordan had that commercial where they were playing horse. Off the wall, off the building, yes. off the yeah, yes. And I was like, "That's you!" Like I'm sitting in your house watching this. But so that was in June. I go back up to Boston probably six months later, the beginning of the next season, to to see Joe and spend a couple of days. Walk in the Celtics training facility, and and Bird's walking down the hall, and he said, "Hey, Jimmy, what's up, man?" So I like for him to just remember my name. You know, I thought that was he didn't have to do that, but it, it just tells you some more about. Larry Bird. So you went total fanboy. Oh my gosh, yes. I didn't try to hide it. Yeah, he's <laughs> one of my all-time one of my all-time favorite players. I'm How not the cool only one in that it? line. And then what about Nolan's story at his Hall of Fame acceptance speech where he's talking about Bird and what he was listening to on the radio? Have you seen that? I have not. No. So Nolan is, but if I have, I just don't for, I forgot. Yeah, so Coach Richardson is, is up at the podium, and he's mm-hmm. giving his in, induction speech, and he's looking out, and he's like, look, all these people are here. Larry Bird, he goes, first time I ever heard about Larry Bird, I was listening to the radio of this basketball game, and the announcer's going, and Bird does this, and Bird does that, and Bird from the corner, and they pass it to Bird, and Bird <laughs> shoots it. And he goes, God dang, that brother can play. He goes, I open up the paper the next day, and I'm like, Wait a second. This is a white boy. <laughs> I can hear Coach saying that. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah. Man, man, he could he could play. He could absolutely play. And he, he, his game, when he was in his prime, it would hold up in today's game. I, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. None. You left coaching to uh-huh. get into broadcasting. Yep. And then you left broadcasting <laughs> to get back into coaching. <laughs> yeah. Why? 
That was a, you know, that was one of those decisions that my wife and I knew without a shadow of a doubt. That's what God had called us to do. It didn't make sense to anybody else. It didn't make sense to ESPN. I, I don't think it made sense, yeah, to, to anybody. anybody. To anybody. I had three years. I had three years left on my current ESPN contract when I took the Arkansas women's job. It didn't make sense, but we we prayed about it after Jeff Long spoke with me, and it just it grew in our hearts quickly that this is what God wants us, and not knowing what He wanted it for. Uh, I have a good idea now, looking back, but I, I still. I loved that time over there. Uh, not very few people get to coach at their alma mater mm-hmm. ever, and uh, it's, it's the women's game. But it was still basketball at the highest level. Of the SEC is no joke. I had a lot of good memories over there. I wish we'd have won more games. A lot of things you look back on life wish was different. But uh, man, I love that experience. But then to to finish the story, I went from broadcasting to coaching, and then coaching back to broadcasting because the next day ESPN called me and said, "Hey, would you?" come back to work for us. So God always has a plan. He's got a path for us. Sometimes it doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like. Uh, but if you, you, know, you, you trust him and with your life, then certainly you realize looking back sometimes, oh, that, that's, why, that's why you took me down that path for exactly. a while. That's why. Yeah. yeah, that's why I went to that place uh-huh. because look where, where I y- am yes. now. I thought it was for this, but ultimately it was for this. You, know? you said there might be some things you would have done differently. What would you have I, done differently? I think I think any coach looking back from uh, I was just I was just spending some time this morning studying Mark Few as successful as he's been. He was talking about what he wished he would have done differently with last year's team, what he wished he would have done differently the last time they're in the, fi- the the final game. You always question, you know, who you missed on in recruiting, like who I turned down. Looking back, like wow, they went on to be an All Big Ten player. Want to come here, and I said no for whatever reason. There's just there's so many decisions like that that you make as a head coach. You look back and say, I wonder why I made that call. I wonder why I I wonder why I did this, did that. I wonder why I didn't foul intentionally against South Dakota State my second year, and they threw one in, and we went to overtime and lost. Like mm-hmm. all those things in your mind still run at you, you know. But man, I learned a lot. I thought I knew. I did. I, I knew the game of basketball very well when I became a coach. But when you're sitting in the head coach's seat as opposed to an analyst or an assistant coach for Coach Sutton like I was, uh, man, the decisions that you're having to make on the fly quickly and how you view the game and how you study film, uh, I think I came – I know I did. I came out of that three years at Arkansas a better analyst on the air, and my bosses have told me that. Like we we see your growth as an analyst. And, Trey, I have a much greater feel and empathy for what head coaches are going through. You know, I'm not one that has a critical spirit on the air anyways. I, I, I always pray about that, that I don't. But uh, I think my view of what coaches are going through is way beyond what it was before I went through it myself. Mm-hmm. Back to golf yeah. for a second. When this person is on TV, Jimmy Dykes is going to stop and watch. Who is it? It's interesting. Um, I, I like watching Justin Rose, okay, uh, and because there's a story behind it. Craig Lyle is one of my neighbors who played on the PGA Tour for, I'll say, 10 years. And Craig told me a story one time that he was playing with Justin Rose in South Africa in a tournament, his first time to play with Justin. And uh, Justin was ranked inside the top 50. Craig was just, you know, trying to to make it and hang in there and bounce around from the main tour to the second level. But they got matched up one day in a tournament, and he said Justin shot – he thinks he shot an 80 or an 81, which is not good golf Mm-mm. in a pro tournament. And Craig said, I was amazed, though, for four hours. 
He said, I remember talking to my own caddy about this Justin Rose dude is different because he said after every bad swing, he was hitting it out of bounds. He was hitting it in the rough. He was missing greens. He said after every bad swing, he could hear Justin saying to his caddy, man, that was, that was so close. I'm, I'm almost there. Ne- next swing, we're going to get on a groove. We're going to get rolling. He said for four hours, for four hours, he kept talking to himself like it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So I like watching him because I've learned a lesson from him how important our words are in life what we speak about ourselves, what we speak about others, how that can impact us. Because Craig said the next week he was, uh, it, was a, it was a major, I forget which one it was, Craig didn't make it, he was, he was watching on TV, and there's Justin in the final pairing on, on that very next Sunday. Uh, so I, I like watching him because I've got a personal, uh, a little bit of a personal story and a connection for, for probably kind of how he is. I think all of us stop when Tiger's involved still. Mm-hmm. Love it, just... Just what what he's gone through, what he's what he's done for the game, just the lessons we learn. Now watching his son play, like that's just that is must see TV for Jimmy Dykes when Tiger's playing. I'm not the only one in that line either. I don't think you are. No. Uh, Justin Rose, a major champion. Yeah, absolutely. Too. Yeah, he's got, he went on and won the U.S. Open. Yeah, uh, won and a Marion. gold. Well, yeah, won a gold medal and for the for the Olympics, and became uh, in 2018 he was the number one golfer in the world. Mm-hmm. So and so this was five years prior to that, I believe. Springdale Country Club, your yeah. home course here. What do you like about it? Uh, the people are phenomenal. You know, it's uh, d- just a bunch of good people, you know, and uh, easy to get along with. I, they, they take great care of the course. Uh, it's affordable for a lot of people. What I like about our club is that we, we have people here I know that uh, they have to sacrifice to be a member. We have some people here that could probably buy the club, but I, we all mix really well, mm-hmm. you know, and – a great friend of this club, a guy named Don Isham. I don't know if you ever met Don. Uh, Don passed away maybe a couple of years ago, uh, but he ran the noon group. And there's a group. If you're in Northwest Arkansas, you know about the noon group at Springdale Country Club. They play every day at noon. On the weekends, I think it's 1030, but <laughs> they play every day at noon. I see them out there in the winter. If it's not snow on the ground, they're playing. And Don kind of ran that noon group. Uh, and They have a, a game they play. I'm still not sure how they keep score. I just – put my 11 bucks in the day and I hope I get something <laughs> hope back. Hope you get something yeah. back in return after. But, but Don was nice enough to bring me into that group when I first moved over here and just he was a, he was a treasure at this club. And he, I think he kind of summed up Springdale Country Club that everyone's welcome and no one should ever feel like I'm not good enough to play in this group or that group and uh this course was ripped apart now in that tornado mm-hmm. uh back in April. That that number 1 and number 2 fairway it it looked like in April we won't play on this side in the, this summer. Like, that's how it looked. The, the devastation of the homes are, are, are still there. But, of course, they've done a great job of growing back and cleaning up. And uh, I just – I love being able to, to jump in my golf cart at 6 o'clock in the evening when my wife's fixing dinner and go hit balls for an hour and come right back. Mm-hmm. So that's I, – I don't see us moving. That's The cool thing about ESPN is I can live anywhere in the country and I choose to live right here. We love it. Another guy that loves the game of golf that you're good friends with, Gus Malzahn. Yes, he is. Yeah, Gus and I have played some, played some rounds out here before. I, I don't know if he still has the baseball grip because he had the baseball grip. And he's back, got the wide stance he's like wide, he's in a batter's he, box. He does, a wide stance, and, but, man, he can hit it. He goes and we, after we haven't it. played in probably 10 or 12 years, but we played a lot of golf together when I was the AD at Shiloh and he was a football coach. We played a lot of golf together. We played a lot of slow-pitch softball together about two summers. And as you can imagine, when we when we played golf, it got real competitive. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it was different. <laughs> Joe, Joe Klein and I get real competitive, but in a in an odd, like crazy, talkative way with one another, having fun. 
Gus is Gus is trying to beat you as bad as he can beat you. Yes, and that, that's why he is who he is. His favorite golf course is Springdale Country Club. I think so. Yeah, he uh, told me that. Yeah, is, is really yeah. He told me that. Yeah, he's because he's played a lot of golf here. Because when he was at Shiloh, then he went to Springdale. He played a lot of rounds here. He played in the new group. Don he he knows Don Isham and all those guys. And and uh, it's a if 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 our listeners have never played Springdale Country Club, you're in Northwest Arkansas. Sometimes it's. It's worth it. It's it's affordable. It's a good layout. The front nine is an it's old. What is it? 80, 90 years old. The front mm-hmm. nine. Now we we've redone a few holes and made some changes to it over the years from what I've told. But the original nines on the front, then you drive under College Avenue with a tunnel for the back nine, which is kind of two different golf courses under eighteen holes, which is which is kind, kind of, of interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. Unique. Yeah. All right, Gus. This is his favorite golf course, Springdale uh-huh. Country Club. What is Jimmy Dykes' favorite course you've ever played? Uh, well, I haven't. I haven't played a lot other than here. So I like PV in Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really. I've, I haven't played it for several years with Joe, but I think it's got a, a, a great layout. I I love the finishing holes around the pond, the small lake, whatever it is. They take great care of it down there. I, I know a lot of good people at that at that club as well. So Joe and I actually played some really nice courses when he was playing for the Phoenix Suns. Some of those desert courses oh, out yeah. there, you know, there, there's grass and then there's desert, mm-hmm. and so we we played some of those nice ones as, as well. But uh, probably the the well, the two nicest, best, high level courses I've ever played are the Blessings and Pinnacle up here. All right, last question. Uh-huh. Fantasy foursome: three oh, other players, man. living or deceased, that you would like to play around the golf. Oh with. man, I'd, I'd love to play around the golf with my dad again. He passed away. Trey, probably two, year, two years ago this past weekend. Mm. Uh, and then uh, I would, if it could, me, my dad, Tiger Woods, maybe like my my grandfather on my mom's side. You know, I, I just have young memories of him. I, he, he passed away when I was seven or eight, but uh, he loved baseball. He loved all sports. I'd love just to have four hours to connect yeah, uh, with with those guys again, yeah. you know, Ty, Ty, Tiger obviously showing us how the game's supposed to be played, and then my dad and I, and my grandfather talking about, <laughs> wow, it'd be great <laughs> to hit a ball like that, yeah, and just getting connected again. Right, I, I've, I've had two hole in ones in my life. One of them was with my dad in Colorado. Oh, cool. uh, that might be the coolest golf course I've ever played on. Now that I stop and think about it, it's in Estes Park, Colorado. We went there every summer when I was growing up on vacation. We went there a lot the last 10 years of my dad's life. But there's a nine-hole course there with a mountain stream running right through it. There's signs on every hole that say if the elk are present, they were here first. Because a, a, yeah. a herd of elk might walk right in front of you. Oh, wow. If you hit the ball, they might move, they might not. If not, just pick it up and go find a place to drop it and keep playing. Uh, but the mountains are right there. So if I, if I could play a round of golf with those guys, it would probably be in Essence Park, Colorado, just Man. for the memories. All right. I said last question. I That's fibbed. Okay. Arkansas basketball loaded. this year. Your thoughts? Yeah, they're loaded. I watched them practice before they went to Italy, and uh, I'm going to go down before the season gets started. But they are one of the 10 or 11 teams, I think, in the country right now that could win the whole thing. And they, they, Now, there may be a team outside of those 10 or 11 that's on my radar right now that, that could win it. But if you just said who's built to win it, who has the talent, who has the coaching, who has the momentum, who's coming out of the league – who's going to be challenged with their schedule, who has future pros, all those things, Arkansas checks the boxes. They're not the only one, but they're one of 10 or 11 that, that have a real chance to do it. And Arkansas is so fortunate 
to have Eric Musselman as their coach and and and, and to hold on to him. I think he loves Northwest Arkansas, uh, but you know he he is the king right now of all college basketball coaches. How to handle a fan base, how to interact on social media, how to have energy and engage with people. He's number one, mm-hmm. and I'm just really not close for a second place. But his his when you walk in his practice right now, it looks like a team that could win the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Jimmy, man, thanks so much for the yeah, time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, rename your podcast after this episode, In, <laughs> in the Rough. Other than that, we did really well. We've got it trademarked from the short grass. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. When your travels take you to Bentonville for a meeting with Walmart, a trip to Crystal Bridges, or the Walmart Amp for a concert, make sure you book your stay at one of the top Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group properties. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group manages the Doubletree Suites, an all-suite hotel with tons of meeting space, and the Hilton Garden Inn, which has been newly remodeled rooms throughout the entire property. The best place to stay in Northwest Arkansas is a Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group property. Visit them on the web at bphotels.com. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The other day I was visiting with Trey and he talked about goose poop and iguana poop and a golf ball and if you hit the poop or the iguana or the goose, can you move the ball or the poop or something like that. Listening to him talk about poop and golf balls with such passion made me realize how much he knows about golf and how little I did. Once again, Trey really knows golf. I really know auctions. For the last 84 years, better auctions have been Blackman Auctions. That will do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. But before we go, I want to tell you about Blackman Auctions. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Find their next upcoming auction on their website, blackmanauctions.com. That will do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. My thanks to Jimmy Dykes. I hope it's a great basketball season. I love watching college basketball. Remember to always repair your ball mark and a couple of more, and I hope to see you from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.